You know, I wanted to share a little bit today, just a, a quick message and then show you an example of something. And just to, just to remind you, to remind me maybe too, as well as, I, as I've gone through this, that life, this Christian life that God asks us, has provided for us, but asks us to live is very simple. It's not something that's complicated. It's not something that, 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 that we, can't, we can't on this earth follow. He doesn't ask us to do things that, that really are beyond him. They're beyond us, but not beyond him. He just asks us to rest in him. And he says, if you'll rest in me, I'll be with you everywhere that you go. You know what? I'll even take the life that my son gave on the cross and I'll give it to you so that you can have life when you should have had death. You know what? I'll take the sin out of your life, and in its place, I'll give you righteousness so that you have right standing with me. Don't deserve it, but I'm going to do that anyway. You know, when there's sickness in your body, I'm going to take that from you because my son took it on the cross, and I'm going to give you healing. Where you feel weak, I'm going to take that weakness, and I'm going to give you strength. There's this, there's this great transfer of good to bad that he does in our life, and all he asks for us is that we just follow him. And the one thing that, that God related this to me, and it wasn't because just really we were playing golf yesterday, but that had maybe had a little bit to do with it. I coached golf for a long time, and some of you have been here, maybe heard some of these stories or heard these examples, but I coached uh, golf for 13 years, a couple of them with the boys and the rest of them with the girls, and the girls uh, were probably more fun than the boys, but they were not better golfers than the boys. And uh, many times, they would come, and they would, they would, they would come to, to the first practice and had never, ever played golf before. And then I would look at them and say, have you ever played golf before? No. What are you doing here? I want to be on the team. I want to earn a letter. Well, that's going to be an F, and you can go home. Really? You've never played before? No. I said, now, hold on. If you never played basketball before, would you go try out for the team? Oh, no way, man. Why not? Well, I couldn't even, I couldn't make that. I couldn't do it. But you can play golf? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Now, really, uh, that's where I, that's where I, that was 70, 80% of what I, I, I dealt with for a long time. So I learned to teach a very simplistic golf swing. Golf is as difficult as you make it. The courses are set up with different tee boxes so that people with different playing abilities can still play, have fun, and play with their friends and still enjoy themselves. There are 14 different clubs in that bag so that you can use different ones to do different things. You're going to be good at some things, and you're not going to be good at other things. Do what you're really good at a lot. That's kind of what we talk about around here. Follow the plan of God for your life. But here's the deal. As a Christian sometimes, we try to play our life or live our life like somebody else. And in golf, they try to do the same thing. When I'm teaching them the game, I teach them a real simple thing. You got that club, Daniel? This is, uh, Daniel was uh, one of my little pupils, and, and uh, he was one of the few, he's great. He's like all of you in this church. He was one of the few people that when I would teach him, he would do it, he could do what I told him to do. It was the most amazing thing. If I told him to hold his hands a little differently at the top, he'd hold his hands differently at the top. Everything that I told him to do, saw, he could do that. And he saw success. He's not a pro golfer, but he saw success, and then he, he did really well. But I teach a very simplistic method. It's just brush grass. Just take your club and brush the grass, just like this. And when the girls come, they say, oh, wow, that's not going to get me anywhere. So I put a ball down, and I do this, pow, and I hit about 100 yards. 
And they go, that's amazing. No, that's simple. It's simple. The problem with our Christian life is we have unrealistic expectations. We, we are trying too hard in our own strength, and we're not practicing. And that's what I start with the girls. You have unrealistic expectations. What are you going to shoot? I'm going to shoot par. No, you're not. You'll be lucky to get double par. Hey, we got to be realistic. Hey, now, I know God's word says we have faith and we don't have those kind of realistic expectations. But when I, when I start with them, I say, okay, listen, listen. You, you, you can't, you, we start here. This is where we are. And then they go out there and they try really hard. And I tell them, try less. And they say, that doesn't make sense to me. And I say, I know, I understand. But it's the one game that the harder you try, the worse you get. Golf is a very quiet game. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all of those things, they're they're about fast movements and action. And all of the crazy stuff on the inside of you gets worked out in all of that. In golf, that's all on the inside. Like a nuclear bomb waiting to go off. And the harder you try, the worse it gets. And the worse it gets, the harder you try. And then you say, whoa, 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 whoa. (gasps) Relax. What did I tell you? Brush grass. That's all you got to do. Just brush grass. And then as they get ready to brush the grass this way, then we just tell them to go up a little higher and just keep brushing the grass. Hope the stage doesn't break. You don't, yeah, or I let go to the club. Oh, by the way, that driver, you, that one of the drivers broke yesterday. Yeah, it was made the craziest sound too. It was the bumblebee one. Pong! And the whole top of it came off. So I'm telling you that now so you can't be mad at me. But... The other one, though, is okay. The expensive one's not, a, it's good. It's, it's that other one. But here's the, <laughs> that's, that's not a lie. That really did happen. <laughs> it broke. Here, here's the deal. It, it, when, I, when I talk to these girls, I'm like, come on, come on, you, you can do this. But you have to follow what I tell you to do. It's very simple. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you can't accomplish or do. I'm just asking you not to do the things that I haven't told you to do. And when they start doing those things, I say, what are you doing? And they get all sheepish and they put their head down and they hide and I say, what do you, what? why did you use your driver? Because everybody else was. Are you supposed to do that? No. Give it to me. What do you mean? I mean, give it to me. But it's my club, not anymore. You can have it when you're done. And I would take their stuff away from them and I would put it in the cart And I would send them out. And you know what? When they would go out and they would do what I told them to do, when they would play within themselves the way that I would ask them or show them to play, when they would use the clubs that I told them to use, their score would continue to go down. We started small and we built up. The problem with believers is we come in, we get discouraged because we can't be like the guy next to us. We can't have the same life or we can't live the same way. We have unrealistic expectations. See, the girls, they, they thought they were going to be par. They'd shoot par all the time. No, you're not. You, you might get a par. Just be lucky if you get a par at the moment, and then as you grow, you get more. And then you cha- it changes your mindset from being a loser to being a winner. It builds confidence on the inside of them when they would come back and say, hey, coach, 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 I only got one circle 10 this time. Great. Circle 10's as high as you can get. Ten, that's 10 shots, and it didn't go in the hole. So I'm saying, oh, you only got one. That's good. What else did you got? I got all nines. 
Well, I didn't get all circle tens this time. Great job. I had one girl, no lie. So the most you can get is 90. I had a girl got 81. 81. I said, you were nine shots from not even being here today. Like that's how, that's how bad it was. 81. And most of them were putts. She could hit it a mile. She just couldn't putt. Anyway, the last thing that they never did that we as Christians don't do, we, they don't practice. Do you practice what God tells you? Do you practice in your life what he shows you? Do you practice, meaning do you live this word? I'd have girls that would come back and they were, they don't, coach, I don't know where my shoes are. What do you, what do you mean? It's golf season. I don't know where my shoes are. Why don't you know where your shoes are? Oh, I haven't played golf since last season. Oh, for real. Okay. Good stuff. But I'm ready to go. Oh, I bet you are. And then these other girls would march out there. They look really good. And they'd hit the ball a mile. And I say, just, just look at that. Come on, can you get a kid? That, you got it. That's what we're going for. And they say, oh, I don't know, man. They practice all the time. Okay. <laughs> and as believers, sometimes we come into church and we see people and we see God moving and doing things like Brad was talking about, like with Corey, maybe in his finances and those kind of things. Listen, you got to practice what the word says. If you don't practice what the word says, there's not any hope for you. And then all of that stuff on the inside just becomes a mess. And the girls start crying and things start going south. You never had anything like this, Brett. I mean, I'm telling you, it is, it's, they, 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 <laughs> what happened? I hit in the trees. <laughs> well, are there snakes in there? I mean, what, did you get bit by something? What, what is the big deal? We all make mistakes. Yeah, but I did it 18 times. Oh, well, that was, okay. Then I turn away and shed a tear. <laughs> Suck it back up. We all make mistakes, but here's the deal. When you make a mistake, don't compound it by making another one. We'd st- I'd start, I'd, oh, I'm telling you what, I'd chase them around the course with my little stick in my cart, and I'd, man, I'd be all, I'd be chasing them around like my little sheep. Get out here, get out. Hey, 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 what, get. When I teach people to play golf, they hit it in the, they, they hit it in the rough. I walk by, and I just kick it into the fairway. Now, not, when, <laughs> not while they're playing like a real tournament, but just I kick it in the fairway. Why? Because it's easier to hit it out of the fairway. They don't know how to do the rough yet. That's good. That's how Elizabeth likes to play. She's always got a great lie. But what happens is they hit it, they hit it in the rough. And then they use the wrong club because they tried to do too much in themselves. And they hit it again. Now it goes into the trees. And then they go over the trees and they try to get out of the trees. And they try to hit this 500-yard shot that curves around the other side. And maybe if I get in the hole, I'll get a six. And, you know, it's boom. And then the ball goes backwards and it hits a tree, hits them, hits their bag. Then I pull up and they're going, it didn't work. I'm terrible. No, you're not terrible. You're just compounding mistakes with mistakes. Don't compound mistakes with mistakes. If you make a mistake, get it back to the best playable position and keep going. In your life, spiritually, if you make a mistake, ask forgiveness. God puts you back in the best playable position and go forward. Simple. It's simple. Once they began to understand that, things began to change. They, you know what they did? They made less mistakes. Why? Because there was, there was a way out. There was an opportunity. There was confidence on the inside of them. They were getting better at what they were doing. It didn't look impossible to them anymore. 
you, you, just, you, got, you got to be in a girl's season to watch this progression. And it's a progression from the first day of, of, of not knowing where your shoes are to the last day saying, I think we can make it to state. I think we can too. And I had to do that. I do that every year. But the main thing is don't compound your mistakes with more mistakes. Other girls are counting on you. So what you do doesn't just affect you. It affects the team. And there's a story in Joshua. And, and you can look in chapter 7. And it's a story of a guy named Achan. And just to set this up, just, just real quick, if you don't know the, the book of Joshua and where they are at the time in chapter 7, Joshua has taken the children of Israel over the, over the river and into the promised land. And now they're starting toward this conquest of all the cities and things that are, that are in this land like God promised them. And he's very specific with them. God talks to them. And in chapter 6, he, he talked to, to Joshua and said, Listen, I have given Jericho to you, but you have to take it my way. And I would tell these girls, Listen, you can shoot this score, but you can only shoot this score if you do it my way. At one point, some of you have heard this, at the end of the year, they all wanted me to follow them. Would you just follow me? Because I play better when you're with me. So I gave them all a picture of me. <laughs> school time, I had school pictures, so I gave all of them a picture and I put it in their bags, right on their bags. So I said, now listen, I can't be with all of you at the same time, but you can look at me. And I'm right there. So whenever you don't know what to do, look at coach. And you'll remember what I told you to do. We've got a Bible. We have the Holy Spirit. Same thing in our life. You don't know what to do? Get on your knees. Ask God. Read the Word. Pray. He'll begin to speak to you. And He'll speak to you specifically how you can go through your life. And He told Joshua, take the children of Israel around this city one time. Then do that for six days. And then the seventh day, go around that city seven times. And I know some of it doesn't make sense. And I know some of God's ways are unconventional. But listen, they work. And when the seventh day comes and you've gone around seven times, shout, it says, and the walls will come down. And you know what? They did that and the walls came down. And he told them, you can go in there and wipe everybody out, but don't take any of the loot. The loot is to go into the treasury of the Lord. Sometimes they were able to take the loot. Sometimes they had to burn it all. Sometimes they brought it into the treasury. Whatever God said. And God said, don't take any of the loot. See, if we'll follow God's plan, we'll see things that God has promised us. If we don't follow his plan, I don't care how hard you try, you won't see it. That's why I would tell these girls, try less. Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. I understand. But you told me to only use my seven iron because you can hit that one. But I want to use my driver. We'll work on that. And the place to practice that is not in competition. What is it about revelation and knowledge in the word of God, see? He gives you revelation and he gives you knowledge. And boy, you can walk in it. But in the background, what is he doing? He's working on you with some new revelation. He's working on you with some new knowledge. You can't go out into that yet because you haven't got a hold of it yet. 
getting ready to go out to Oklahoma and, and to, a, to a conference in a couple weeks. Bill Winston will be there. I love it when I go out there because he talks and he, he gives me revelation knowledge from the word of God that like is out there somewhere. And that's my practice range. I, I, I got to go home and sit down and I, I go through that for about six months. I don't put that into practice the first day. I get my tail whooped. So I tell you, like, we're going to go out. You're going to do what you do well. You're going to do, do it to the best of your ability. And you're not going to compound mistakes with mistakes. And after the walls came down in Jericho, and they all rushed in and did their thing, there was one guy, one guy who came out with some loot. And it's this guy, Achan. Nobody knew it at the time. And so they went up against this city called Ai. And they got their tails whooped. They actually came back and said, you know what, Joshua? We don't even need to send the good fighters. We can send the sissy guys up there because they're, they're just a bunch of losers. We'll be fine. Well, they got their tails whooped all the way back to the camp. And Joshua was so upset. This is where we find ourselves sometimes. He was so upset that he fell on his face before God crying, oh God, oh God, why were we defeated? Why, oh, why? I mean, probably not like that. Why, oh, why? He's probably a man. He's a warrior, right? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Joshua's wife. I don't, but why, oh, why have we been defeated? <laughs> you know, I don't know which one. Whatever one works for the story, take that one home. And then, you know, God begins to speak to him. And I think God would speak to us too. In verse, in verse number 10 of chapter 7, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? I would pull up and these girls would be snotting all over themselves and tears coming down like this. Oh, this is going to go well. Listen to me. I love you, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you you're going to do this right. Stop crying. I can't help my boyfriend broke up with me yesterday. Is he here? I'm going to lay him out. See, he's on his face, man. Oh, why has this happened to me? Believers do it all the time. Why am I not blessed? Why are things bad? Why is this not working? God promised me, and I haven't seen it yet. And he says, get up, Israel has sinned, in verse 11. Sin's a real issue. Now, you know what we do? We do what Achan did. Basically, in our own lives, we put on the blinders. Rose-colored glasses, man. Everything's good here. How you doing? Great. Sometimes I'll pull up and I'll say, how you doing? And they got, they got to know. Good, coach. Mascara running down their face. Snot going over here. Good, coach. Come here. What's the matter? No, no, no. Who's that? He said, Israel has sinned. She's made a mistake. And Achan had taken some stuff. He'd taken some silver. He'd taken a big wedge of gold. He'd taken this nice purple garment that looked real pretty. And it said it because he, he looked at it and he saw it and it looked good to him. And because it looked good to him, he, he, he acted outside of what he knew God said. And so he took it. It wasn't like he didn't know. That's the thing you got to understand about sin. Sin is knowing that God asked you not to do something and doing it. Sin is knowing that God asked you to stop doing something and you keep doing it. 
So it's, it's, that, it's, it's that thing you know that's the case. How many of you got, you came to church, you got saved, and then over a, per, a period of time, he, he's working those sins and that stuff out in your life. He doesn't come and attack you all at one moment or else we'd just probably be a puddle on the, on the floor. But Achan took this stuff, he knew it, and he went and he hid it in his tent. I mean, he wasn't walking around with the purple garment going, hey, 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 that's nice, huh? Oh, I didn't get this at Jericho. I got it at Walmart. Didn't do that. He hid it. Why did he hide it? Because he knew it was wrong. Last day of the year, one year, we were playing. It was a sectional. This girl's crying. I'm telling you, lots of tears, man. This is, this is, the, this is the sectional. Okay, There's only two more things. To, I mean, this is, this is the sectional. She's playing. She's like, I, I want to quit. Now? I mean, you've already been here <laughs> two months. You want to quit now? Why, why now? It's the last day. Because I'm sorry, coach, I didn't practice. Really? <laughs> I, I know that. Well, I thought, she thought she'd hid that from me, the fact that she was twice as bad when she came. You didn't hide that. From, you're not hiding anything from God. It's obvious. He knows. He sees all. And he tells Joshua, in verse 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. You want to know why you were defeated? Because he sinned. There was sin in the camp. That is why you couldn't stand before your enemies. That's why you had to turn your backs before them. And that's why you are doomed to destruction, he says. Neither in verse 12 will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up sanctify the people and say, this is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. I am not saying you all are sinners. We're practicing for third service later. So, because we're going to get, no, first service people, they're a mess. Nobody, I'm not saying you're, you guys are all right, okay? Go out there and help that first and third service crowd. You're not, you're, you're probably not a murderer. <laughs> you never know. It's a church of, of acceptance. There's always some people that, okay, it's, it's it, may, well, I won't say maybe you're a murderer. Maybe it was a big deal. But I'm telling you, in the lives of a lot of believers, usually it's not a big deal, but that's a big deal. Where's my fellow's? You say, well, no, 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 it's just a little, it's just a little thing. Hey, this, now you got to realize, this is Achan, okay? One guy out of a whole bunch of them who came against Jericho and defeated this one guy, and he took one little arm full of stuff. He didn't take, like, everything. It was a little, I'm sure he looked at it, he saw it, he liked it, and he thought this. Man, nobody will even know. Nobody will even, nobody will even know, man. It's, I'll, just, I'll just take this stuff. I'll go hide it in my tent. Nobody will even miss it. Nobody will know. This is so much going on. It's such a big deal. And the devil tells you that. He says, you know what? It's not a, not a, nobody, don't worry about it. Nobody knows. It's not a problem. Nobody will find out. It's not that big a deal. Well, listen, if you know that God told you to do something and you're not doing it, that's a big deal, no matter what it is. If God told you not to, or to, to do something and you're not, that's a big deal. Our life is supposed to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians that as we walk by the Spirit, 
We're planting seeds toward the Spirit. And out of our lives come the fruit of the Spirit. And see, that's what the children of Israel, as they moved through Jericho, that's where they were. They were in that place. They were seeing God's hand move, and he defeated them right in front of their eyes and knocked the walls down and the whole deal. But they were not talking. They marched around that city six times and then seven times on the seventh day. They shouted when God said, shout. I'm telling you, it's simple. Just do what God said. We wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? Do it. But then we see those things. And instead of, you know, having fruit, like in the morning when I wake up, I have all this fruit, and there's strawberries, and there's blueberries, and these are luscious. I mean, I, I never liked blueberries before. I married Elizabeth and started liking food. I don't know what my mom did, but I, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I am into food now. Uh, it's, before, it was hamburger plain. Now, it's hamburger with ketchup. <laughs> so it's close. But your life, is, your life is like this. God begins to put things together. And they're good things. The fruit of the Spirit, that's good stuff. He doesn't put bad things in your life. He actually takes bad things out of your life. What am I, these are the hardest peeling bananas I've ever had in my life. Well, you get the idea, that little piece of the banana. But he's making something. He's making something out of you. We come to Christ. We love him. We lay ourselves down. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. It says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He takes those things out of your life and in his place, he brings his righteousness and he makes you a new creature in Christ so that all of a sudden now you're, he's beginning to make you a perfect smoothie in the world. And it's all good stuff. It's milk that makes you strong. It's the word. It's all the fruits of the Spirit and all those things being mixed and blended together so that as you, as you begin to come to Christ, he, begins to, he just begins to stir you up and he makes everything good. And now that's really tasty. Who wouldn't want a nice smoothie? Maybe put a little protein in there too, you know, a little something. Whatever it is that God's adding to your life is good. The problem is we begin to tamper with this. You say, well, how do I tamper with what God's doing on the inside of me? Sin. A few years ago, we were in Peru. Pastor Bill and I, and we were preaching, taking turns. And we, were, we preached a whole bunch of times down there in Peru in a few days. And there were this group, there were about 2,000 people in this group. And many of you have heard this, but Pastor Bill said, how many of you in this room know that God has said for you to stop doing something and you haven't stopped? And they all raised their hands. And he told the interpreter, they don't understand. You need to say that again. And he said, all right. So he said it again. And all their hands came back up. And he said, well, how many of you know that God has asked you to do something and you're not doing that? All the hands went back up. And he looked at the guy, and the guy goes, I, they know what they're talking about. They're, they're sinners. So, I, you know, <laughs> why? He was shocked. Shocked. Then everybody raised their hands and said, that's me. I'm aching. See, it's not that he's holding you accountable for something that you don't know yet. He's holding you accountable for the things you know. You're not sinning because you're not doing what he told Sandy. You're, you're sinning because you're not doing what he told you. 
and you're messing with this beautiful smoothie, this shake that he wants to make of your life. And you don't think that this little thing is that big a deal. We have two dogs, Elizabeth and I, and they wanted to be a part of the message today. So I said, okay. What? They gave their best. They didn't hold anything back. They gave their best. Last service, I didn't have a, a one of these, so it was interesting. I won't pray for you at the end either, because I know you're, they'll freak you out me putting my hand on you. But they, because they, we think, we, we, come, we come, we say, man, you know what? It is not that big. You've said it, right? It's not that big a deal. Well, is it? Is it not that? I mean, I don't even, hmm. Oh, that's, at least it's not warm anymore. But I mean, it's just a little. Look how big this is. Look how much stuff is in there. And it's all good. And we say, you know what? It's just this little thing, just this little bit of gold. Nobody will ever know. It won't matter. It won't affect me. See, already you know, this is very vivid. I got this from our youth faster, faster Dan, inside out, right? There we go. Leave that right here. <laughs> now look, I mean, I can, I can, I mean, it's right there. I, I can see it. I could get on this side. You want to get on this side and eat some? I mean, it's not on the bottom yet. But when you begin to, when you begin to sin, do things you shouldn't do. Don't stop doing things that God said. Now, who wants to take a shot at that? You got to be careful because in the youth, some of them will say, hey, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> See, but now it becomes to us, this is, that's repulsive. Come on, Al, let's go to lunch. <laughs> right? No, thank you. <laughs> Bad company corrupts good morals. Right. Yeah, the word, it knocks it away. Right, right, right. See, but who, would, who, would want, who wants that now? I mean, that, that's what sin does. You know, I've said all of that over this last half hour, so I've said all of that just to say, you know, that's what sin does in the life of a believer. But there's hope. With Achan, he had to, he had, he had to confess. Now, the way he confessed, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh yeah, I left that there too. <laughs> Maisie says hi. With Achan, they cast lots. And they took this tribe and then took this family and then took this group of the family and then got their way down to Achan. So we're going to stand up. I'm going to get some dice. We're going to find out who the real sinner is here. <laughs> and when he said, Achan, it's you. He said, it is. It was me. And he went to his tent and he got the stuff. He said, you can find it in there. And they brought it out. And it was a wedge of gold. It was some silver and it was the garment. They brought it out. He said, it was me. 
And they killed him. Stoned him dead. And you know what? Believers think that if they bring this thing to God, that he's going to resist them. That, they're going to, that he's, they're, he's going to kill them. That it's not going to work. That it, see, we hold this thing and say, oh, I'm going to take it to God. God already knows. And here's the thing. You may have heard that story. Don't be afraid. God doesn't stone you. He already sent his son to be killed for you so that you don't have to be. See, there was an exchange that was there that says, you know what, that secret thing, you can bring to him and you can lay it on the altar and he takes that thing away and it says he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins as if they have never even happened. And instead of bringing the death that you deserve, he gives you life. Instead of that sickness that comes from the enemy, he gives you health. We get the blessing. We get the bonus. We get the good part. But we have to repent. So why don't we stand up today and just pray. And I'm not going to make a huge deal about this and all these different things. And we're not going to cast lots and bring you down and do all that. Look, this is, this is between you and him. You can just close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm only going to ask one thing here for you to really acknowledge and that's if you're here today and you've never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Before we go forward, that's the first part we've got to get rid of. There's nothing but sin in your life. Sin consciousness rules. But when Jesus Christ fills your heart and he fills your life, he crowds out the sin consciousness and he crowds out the sin nature and his life is on the inside of you and he restores you and makes you a new creature and he makes you righteous. I'm not asking you if you sinned this week or last week or this month. I'm asking you right now in this moment, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there anybody here today, before we go on, this is the one I'm going to say, man, you need to raise your hand and we need to pray. If there's anybody else that says, I don't know him, but I want to, I want to, I need to. Before we go on. All right, now this is how I felt to do this. All right, this is between you and God. Your presence. See, his presence is here in this place. It's all you need. And it's when it's where his presence is, he begins to make change. What is it in your life? Can you, can you say today that, you know what, there are some things that God's asked me to do, but I haven't done them. I, not, not trying to be, I'm not trying to sin. I'm not trying to make a mistake. I just, I just don't know how, but I have. Have you step out? Ask forgiveness today. Are you here today? And you'd say, you know what, I know God's asked me to stop doing some stuff, but I can't. I can't, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. He can help you. He can help you. So right now in this place, in this house, this is between you and God, not between me. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm just going to ask you to repent right where you stand. You can talk to God right where you stand. You, I don't even know it. The person next to you might not even know it. Nobody knew Aiken had that stuff in his tent. But you got to get rid of it. Today in this place, right now, you just begin to ask God, God, I ask you to forgive me. I mean, I've messed up. I, I know you keep asking me to do that. I make a commitment today to do it. God, I know you've asked me to stop, but I need your help. It says his grace is sufficient for you in your time of weakness. That in your weakness, with his grace, you are made strong. Strong enough to stop if God says stop. We hope this message encouraged you. 
Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.